Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. The third leading cause of death in the United States is stroke. Those fortunate enough to survive a stroke often face problems with mobility, speech, balance, weakness, and memory loss, among other symptoms. The good news is that depending on the severity of the stroke and the health of the individual, many of these side effects can be effectively treated by a physical therapist. What does stroke rehabilitation look like? How can you spot a stroke? Who is at risk? And how can someone lower their stroke risk? Those are some of the topics covered in this interview with physical therapist Julia Castleberry. Julia, let's start with some basic stats. Kind of how common are strokes? Well, a stroke happens every 40 seconds. So right now, is estimated 7 million stroke survivors in the United States. And your chance of having a stroke about doubles each decade after age 55. So there's a high frequency. What's the range in severity? Well, you can be very mild and recover very quickly, or it can be pretty devastating, affecting you know, every aspect of your life. So, I mean, obviously the most devastating could be fatal. What's maybe some of the more mild symptoms that might result? Some people can have hand weakness or maybe slurred speech, or maybe their toe will drag a little bit as they're walking, but they're still getting around, they're still moving. It's more of a weakness, and we can strengthen that and get better. So again, there's a huge range, and so therefore it's hard to give sort of a one-size-fits-all scenario to what happens. But in general, someone suffers a stroke, they go to the doctor, what's ahead for them in terms of treatment? Well, we have to work as a team. Fortunately, our medical team has a variety of people. So not only your physician, but your pharmacist, so the medications you're taking for the stroke-related issues, but also other conditions you might have. We have other therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, and of course physical therapists all work together to create a plan for you. So each stage of your recovery is coordinated. So if we think about your treatment plan, it is like a playbook used in sports, so every player has a role and objectives. So your objectives become our goals. So during these stages, you're going to receive care and therapy in a variety of settings. The hospital is usually where physical therapy begins with somebody who suffered a stroke, but once you're medically stable, you leave the hospital. You could go to an inpatient rehabilitation center. You can go to a skilled nursing facility. You can go home and receive services at home or as an outpatient. So we're going to work with you across the continuum, and once the person is medically stable and you've left the hospital, it is a time of rapid recovery meaning a lot of things are coming at you. If you're home, you're dealing with all the issues you have to deal with at home, getting out of your bed, getting to the bathroom, in and out of your home, as well as for your family. So therapy not only helps you, but also your family. So our initial goals are to get you moving. Even if a person is not able to walk, physical therapy is going to work on strengthening and getting you out of bed, getting you moving, so we can prevent some of those secondary complications to maximize your function. And so you provided a great example of the kind of life skills, right, you know, to be able to move around and have that function that physical therapists would be involved in as part of that healthcare team. 
for somebody who suffered a stroke, are there certain body parts that tend to be more affected or certain things that tend to be more affected that a physical therapist would be involved in treating? Well, it varies depending on the location of your stroke. So even if somebody has difficulty with speech, you have muscles in the face that we can help train. If they have arm weakness, we work on the arm, getting you back, utilizing that, you know, for your eating and dressing. And with the legs, obviously getting up, standing, and walking. So we treat head to toes and even inside with the lungs and heart. And then what does that treatment sometimes look like? I mean, again, we're talking about completely different body parts here, but what's involved in physical therapy for somebody who, say, is trying to regain the ability to walk again, especially maybe with a problem in one leg, for example? We use a variety of methods, but first we have to start with strength. If we can regain that strength and that use, even if it's your trunk, getting that stronger is going to allow you to move your arms and your legs. So we always start traditionally you know, with strengthening. And then we're going to pull in things that are important to you. So if you have difficulty getting out of bed, we're going to really address that rolling to your side, moving up, incorporating your whole body. We also incorporate you know, the new technology that's available. Depending on your area and insurances, especially the availability, technology is available or not. Such technology can include robotics. We can have aquatic therapy if you have access to a pool. We can use electrical stimulation to help stimulate those muscles. So there's a lot of things out there. So you mentioned that physical therapy often begins right away in the hospital setting. Why is it so important to begin that physical therapy immediately? Well, as you've had trauma to the brain. Now, as your brain is healing, it forms new neural pathways. So the nerves aren't regenerating new brain cells, but we're reorganizing it. So those that are still there, we're going to reorganize to help create those pathways. So we call that neuroplasticity, and it's the way that the brain reorganizes. So we want you to get moving as soon as we can. We don't want people to forget that side, not utilize that side, because we all develop bad habits. So if we can break those, you know, not even form them, you're going to move quicker and recover quicker as those pathways are forming. So if I'm hearing this correctly, it's not even just about reminding your leg what it's like to move your arm. It's really about retraining your brain in a sense, too. Is that correct? Correct, and incorporating it in your life. And so, you know, someone suffers a stroke, again, as we've established, that could be a a seriously life-debilitating thing. If it's more on the mild side, how quick might recovery be? There is what's called a TIA, a transient ischemic attack, and it has the nickname of a mini-stroke. But what it is is you've had a small area of the brain where blood circulation has been cut off for a short amount of time. So the signs and symptoms are very mild, and you have the symptoms resolve in about 24 hours. So you don't have anything residual or left over. That's considered a warning sign of a stroke. Now, if someone has a mild stroke, you're going to have those signs and symptoms past 24 hours. So you're still going to have some of that weakness, perhaps some speech issues, maybe not able to walk as far or stand up as well. So those mild issues, if we can get in early and work, usually have a much higher recovery. I'm not going to say 100% because the brain has been injured, but you're definitely regaining, you know, full use, so to speak, of that arm and that leg if we can get in early and if it was a very mild stroke. In those kind of mini-stroke cases, could the symptoms be so mild that somebody could not even realize they had this event? Definitely. I know a lot of people come to me and say, well, I can walk. I didn't have a stroke. They tend to forget about the face, the trunk, and the arms. So a lot of times weakness can go undetected by yourself, family members, even physicians. 
So this is probably a good point to bring in kind of what are those identifiable factors that either I might be having a stroke or my loved one who's sitting across the room from me might be having a stroke. There's a great mnemonic that is coming out with a national campaign for the American Stroke Association, and it's called FAST, F-A-S-T, and it's a great way to remember the warning signs of a stroke. So F is face. Ask the person to smile. Does one side of the face droop? A is for arms. Ask the person to raise both arms. Does one arm drift downward? And S is speech. Ask the person to repeat a simple phrase. And is their speech slurred or strange to you? And then T is for time. If you observe any of these signs, call 911 immediately. So if someone has a, let's say, beyond mild stroke, a more severe stroke, again, not every situation is different, and I'm sure age has a factor to play in it, but how long is that recovery period likely to be? Are we talking weeks? Are we talking months? Could it be somewhere in there? It can be weeks, months, even years, depending on the location, and also other conditions you might have on top of that. But with ongoing practice, you can continue to make gains. And so on that note, is the patient's or the person's at that point, is someone's fitness level, health level before they have a stroke, is that going to affect their ability to recover? Yes, because they're starting off at a higher level. So even if they have some weakness, other issues, we can you know, bring them back up to a more functional level. And if you're more sedentary or you have a lot of other medical conditions, that's going to take a lot more management and it's going to be a slower you know, progression. Does age affect the likelihood that I might have a stroke? Yes. Unfortunately, that chance of having a stroke about doubles every decade after 55. Also, we have other conditions like diabetes and hypertension, which adds to the risk. And so based on that, are there other sort of certain populations that tend to be predisposed to stroke? Yes. Based on medical conditions, I'll start with that, is if we look at heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, sleep apnea, and atrial fibrillation, those greatly increase your risk for stroke. If we look at racial groups, African Americans are two times as likely to die from a stroke as Caucasians, and the Hispanic population in the United States has a higher risk for younger age of onset of stroke. So some of those things obviously can't be changed. Others are health conditions that could be changed. In the area of prevention, what are the things that somebody should keep in mind to prevent a stroke from ever happening in the first place? It's essential that we control any medical conditions that we have. So with diet and exercises, if you can stop smoking, adherence to medication, and self-monitoring of conditions, especially blood pressure. If we can kind of manage and keep a more stable state, that's going to help with the prevention of stroke. And then how important is physical activity in relation to stroke? Is that preventative in any sense, or is it unrelated and just as one of those things that would help recovery after the fact? Well, physical therapy is a great preventative tool and also a recovery tool. It is an essential part of the prevention and those disease management options we had talked about. Chronic diseases such as diabetes and high blood pressure can be successfully managed with the addition of physical therapy. That activity level helps improve your blood sugar management also your insulin sensitivity, and it can actually lower blood pressure. So if you have daily exercise as part of your routine, that's going to help manage those chronic illnesses. 
stroke impacts the person who has it, but it also typically impacts family members. In many cases, those people become caregivers. In your role as a physical therapist, when you're talking to a caregiver, especially if it's a family member, what advice do you give them in terms of both how to help the person that they're caring for, the person who would suffer the stroke, progress in their goals, but also how to take care of themselves in that caregiver role? Well, everyone needs a break. And what I mean by that is the patient, you know, they're struggling every day. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And the caregiver, their roles have changed. It might have been the person who suffered with the stroke was the breadwinner, was the head of the household. All of a sudden, their role has changed. So that affects the entire family and all the dynamics. So I want to make sure that everyone is staying healthy, not just physically, but mentally. It's okay to ask for support. It's okay to be frustrated. That's going to be normal. Because it's a recovery process, it takes time. And so for the individual that is going through this recovery, they have these physical problems that are holding them back. But, you know, as you alluded to, it's not just a strength and mobility issue. It's a function issue. Do you typically see sort of frustration set in as people struggle to do things that before they could do so easily? And how do you coach people through that? It is frustrating. How many of us have run into issues where we used to be able to remember, oh, what was that phone number? Oh, how do we do that again? What's my password? You know, all those things that are normal, you do forget. Well, imagine if you have a communication issue. You can see the word, you feel like you're saying it, but they're not able to understand you. So there are times when speech is impaired, so that communication piece can be very frustrating. Or within themselves, they're saying, I need to work, I need to move, what can I do? And so is the secret to push through that? I mean, is it just persistence? How do you get people through that stage? Well, I look at what's their goal today, because we all have an ultimate goal. You know, I want to get back home. I want to be able to drive again. You know, whatever that ultimate goal is, we break it down into steps and say, okay, today, this is what we're going to work on. You know, this week, this is our goal. And at least that's manageable, and it gives them something that, hey, I did this. You know, I was successful today. Are there breakthrough points, kind of typical points, where people sort of get beyond that barrier and find new ground? Do you see any commonality amongst patients in that sense? I do. A lot of it has to do with attention span. If somebody can have attention, so that means working on your concentration, you have motor learning occurring. So if we can work on that. So a lot of tasks, even if someone is outside of therapy in the evenings or weekends or with family, working on having them attend to a task, performing a certain task, over a period of time, that helps in all their learning their skills and that motor recovery. So you've given this great overview of stroke and what people go through. Let's close with this. You know, you have an audience of people who may at some point know someone who suffers a stroke, may themselves be at risk. If there was maybe two or three things that you want all the people to understand about strokes, either from a prevention or recovery standpoint, what would that be? That strokes can be prevented. So we talked about managing chronic illnesses. And also, if you've had a stroke, let's prevent another one. So the key to that is keeping active. Activity is a natural way to manage your medical conditions. And we'll add years of successful living. So we need to think of this as a process, just like life is a process. So is recovery. Physical therapy is going to move through this process with you. Julia Castleberry, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you 
and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.